Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Kelly Kulik. Kelly bowled collegiately at Moorhead State University. She was a member of the 1998 Intercollegiate Bowling Championship Women's National Team. Kelly is also a member of Team USA and was on Junior Team USA back in 1998 and 2000 as well. Kelly, Tim Berg, and Coach KC of Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, Kelly, well, we have to begin with the, the most exciting news in your world over the last couple of weeks was Team USA, you won doubles with Daniel McEwen at the 2015 World Women's Championships. For those folks not watching on Bowl TV, Take us down to that 10th frame with you and Daniel McEwen stepping up and what you guys did to secure that uh, gold medal. Uh, you know, it was neck and neck, and Korea had been so dominant all week long, and it's it was on a pattern that they're very successful on the short pattern. Danielle, dominate, Danielle and I dominated through qualifying, and she needed to strike out to put pressure on the anchor bowler as well as force me to, to step up and at least get the first one in the 10th. So she is so confident and in her skill and ability and she's so good on that short pattern I knew she was going to put the ball in the pocket it was just a matter of the pins falling when she struck out and put it in my hands I just took my two keys of focus that day was to keep my head down and be really through the ball and uh, I, I buried the first one in the 10th and forced Korea to do something and she left a, a week 7 pin so every medal round pretty much came down to the 10th frame and it was so exciting we practiced so hard on that pattern yeah, tell us a little bit more maybe about that pattern, like you were, you were talking about there, as far as maybe equipment choices, uh, layouts, what were maybe some of the challenges uh, for playing that pattern in that particular bowling center, right? Because we know a lot of times that when we put down the same pattern, if we bowl maybe a different you know, different bowling center and there's a different lane surface or, or something like that, that, that you'll see some differences in how they play. So why don't you just kind of walk us through that a little bit, Joe? Sure, I'll give you a brief history. I mean, I bowled there in 99 the first time they had it, and I couldn't remember any characteristics. We did have the, the lane mapping of the center itself, and we also had the information that our Team USA men brought back from us from the year before. So we had some information in our notebooks jotted down. The pattern is 36 feet. It's, a, it's the longest pattern of the shorts. Technically, you always want to play towards the gutter, towards the channel when you're playing on the short pattern. Uh, Danielle and I both used the pitch black urethane bowling ball. Hers was drilled pin up with a hole. Mine was drilled more towards leverage. So I could get the ball started up and really slow down sooner in the mid lane. And um, basically, we tried to plan ourselves right around board three, four, five, and we knew we had a little bit of hole down lane because the pattern was one of the longer patterns. So by staying on top of it with urethane, it allowed us to keep our angles, our lines really nice and tight and straight and um, allowed us to have a little bit room left, which is usually what I need to be successful on the short pattern. And basically, it's my, my eyes are really close. She's really long and through the ball and more of the back than I am. And um, really, that's what we were so successful. We were able to find the most room for error and still hit the pocket and be successful. So from all the information we gathered from past competitions, as well as bowling on those pairs during the week, we took all that information and we really just tried to be on top of the moves rather than trying to outguess them. So, Dan, uh, so Kelly, where does urethane fit into the everyday player, the high school, the collegiate player's arsenal? Uh, urethane 
Bowling is great in many ways. It can be used as a very hard spare ball to go straighter. But really for the shorter patterns, um, for gentlemen and ladies with very high rev rates or lower ball speed, they can use those type of that type of equipment on the shorter patterns, even as well as some of the medium patterns. We've seen a lot of international players be able to use urethane on a variety of patterns. So it's got a little bit more flair than, than the natural did, and it's a little bit more aggressive for urethane. But it, it just keeps the ball in play. So, you know, when the, the kids are going to junior goal this summer and they have to bowl on, on, on the different conditions and patterns, I would definitely say a urethane ball should be in their arsenal. It can It's their purpose of bowling on the variety of patterns as well as making it a spare ball. That's what I did. Most of the girls had urethane with us this past week. Even Liz brought it. Um, I used my urethane ball both as a strike and as a spare ball and, and found to be very successful. So it's it's great for, for multiple patterns, especially for the high rate players, but it can be used uh, as a variety of ways. How how do you, uh, you know, you've been on Team USA now for over 10 years and, and you've got 30 plus medals in international competition. How do you, how do you choose the proper arsenal when you go and bowl a tournament overseas? Well, for me, whether it's professional or international competition, um, you know, from what I've learned from Storm and our ball reps and, and all the great coaches uh, worldwide, the cover makes the biggest difference. You can really change the ball's reaction by changing the surface of the cover of the bowling ball. I always like to have at least one pro-lized and one hybrid cover in my arsenal because I feel like I can change those and still get the, the clearing through the front that I need sometimes. Um, and then from there... One go-to ball I always have in my bag is an IQ Tour. It's just it's it's a great benchmark ball for me. It sees the lane and gives me the shape that I really like to see going down the lane and works on multiple patterns, especially more on the medium and short patterns. Um, that's a given. And usually when I travel overseas, the success of the high road, again, the hybrid cover, it's so versatile in so many ways. You can really change the surface of it to get to pick up more in the mid lane, or you can get it to go sideways in the back portion of the lane. Um, so really, I look at cover, and then from there, it's aggressiveness, usually one asymmetric. So right now, the lock is really good because there's that hybrid cover. It's, it's um, a low RG, high differential bowling ball, so it reads the mid lane but still has a lot of continuation for me, so I can play deep inside angles with it. Then from there, the IQ Tour, somewhere in the middle. I'll either have a high road or high road pro at the end. And then the pitch black came into play again because of the urethane. And from there, it's just filling holes. So there's a benchmark equipment that you always have. You know, you're always going to have your go-to favorites. And then Rod had some insight. He really wanted us to bring a skyrocket, and uh, I commend him for it because it was a great choice for the short patterns. It really worked really well. But I always look at cover first. And then from there, I go from strongest to weakest and see what I like and fill the gaps in between. So, Kelly, you mentioned that Junior Gold is uh, it's coming up in the summer here, six months away, seven months away. How can the boulders, though, be preparing for that? Because that's something that is probably you got to start preparing now because ultimately the competition will be here before you know it. And you need to be ready. Absolutely. You know, there's going to be national qualifiers going on in their local areas. I would encourage the bowlers to talk to the proprietors and work with them and see if they can put down the variety of patterns that they might be competing on. Um, it, it never hurts to ask. And even if it costs the extra, you know, $5 to, to put that pattern down, it's entirely worth it. If they go through the experience they have, I mean, a lot of them are collegiate players, so they'll have that competition through the collegiate program. It's always different when you're competing for yourself and then in a team environment. But uh, as much as competition practice as you can get, because the variables in our sport constantly change, and you can never, like I said, outguess it. You can only be prepared for it and try to see it quicker than your opponent. 
but really bow on different patterns. Find your weakness. I mean, it's great that you have a strength. Like for me, medium patterns are my strength. But for us going over to the UAE, we, we practiced on short at team camp for almost every day up until we had to leave. So if you know you're good on one pattern or maybe in multiple patterns, practice on the one you're, you're weak at. And then from there, you build up your strength because with that competition, it's an overall point accumulation as the week progresses. So there's always going to be one or two that you always score very highly on. But practice on the ones that you struggle with and, and get your A game to that status for that pattern. And um, really, just, again, talk to your proprietors, bowl in different events, whether it's just a, a Christmas Eve event or something after the holidays. But the more experience you have, the better you are. And Bowl Academy on, on, on bowl.com is great. Uh, Storm has got some great insight as well as Rotogrip with the bowling balls and the videos of matching them up. You can plug in some numbers on our website to really, you know, find a ball that might match up to a pattern you're, you're not so successful on. There's so many avenues you could walk down to be prepared for that, but I really practice on a weakness, and therefore you'll you'll get stronger all around. Were Were you uh, Kelly? Were you kind of speaking along those same lines there of working on your weaknesses and stuff? Is that something that you you learned in college bowling? Now you bowled more head. Um, is that something that you were able to kind of dig into a little bit more and refine and develop your game? Because I imagine you were a great bowler in high school as well, and maybe got to college and you know realized that. You know, there's lots of different types of uh, lane conditions and bowlers and maybe opened your eyes up to some of this stuff. Yeah, college bowling was, was an excellent experience. Um, you know, back then, we, <laughs> due to my age category now, we had a lot more wood centers, so we, we bowl on a variety of, of surfaces. Ball changes were, were not as, as many as we had back then, so it really came down to the skill of the bowler making the ball work and, and making some subtle changes within your physical game to be more successful. Overall, it was a great experience because uh, at Junior Goals, uh, Ladies Pro Tour, Men's Pro Tour, you travel weekend to weekend, you get a taste of the lifestyle, you get a taste of what it's like to still do your homework or work outside the means of, not, of just bowling in general. And, um, you know, communication, not only with your teammates, but your coach and how you see things. So until you live it, some of the best advice I've ever gotten is like, you know, you, you, you can't read it in a book. You can't watch it on TV. You have to live it to experience it and to gain the knowledge to, to be good at it. So with that being said, you, you have to put your shoes on and go out there and bowl. And college bowling was fantastic for that. It, it taught many life skills as well as learning the game itself. Really, Morehead State, Larry was a great coach, and um, he really took it upon himself to, to put the individual responsible for his and her practice and game. Uh, it wasn't as regiment as it is today with the, with the collegiate programs. But um, spares were always the biggest thing he preached. And I think today more than ever, it's a major part of our game. I mean, the, the red rates are high and the ball speeds are high, but you have to double to make up for a spare that you miss. So we, we definitely did preach spares and, and focus a lot on that. Well, Kelly, after the event overseas that you were bowling, the World Women's Championship, the World Series of Bowling, just concluding, it has to be a little disappointing to hear that, once again, the Olympics uh, passed on bowling. Talk about your thoughts when you heard that uh, and what your reaction was when that came out. I have to admit, I was very saddened by that by that decision. Um, there was so much great energy and hype about it, and we made the short list for sure, the first one, or whatever they called it. Um, really made the impression that bowling was finally going to get its stage worldwide um, at the Olympic level. Because for us, I think the, the Women's World Championships and Men's is the highest platform, as well as the Pan Am Games. So 
I was saddened. Um, it definitely, for me, at, at my age, in my time frame, I don't think I'll ever get to see an Olympic competition. But with the progress we did make um, of getting onto that short list, there's still time in the future for girls like Danielle and, and Brittany Hamilton and some of the young boys to have a chance to, to make it to the Olympic level. I think what some other athletes have done for, for their sport in general and making it to the Olympics and getting more exposure, I think bowling is due for that for that stage and that curtain call for it to, to be exposed and not respect it because I think bowling is respected, but just take notice to it and, and really put it where it's duly deserved to be, and that's at the Olympic level. Well, I hope so. I'm right on right on board with you there. We definitely got to keep trying to move forward and take advantage of the work that has gone in uh, so far over the last couple of decades trying to make this happen and, and not get overwhelmed with uh, just the, the thoughts that it didn't didn't happen here for Tokyo. So as long as we can all stay on board and, and keep trying to, to, to push to uh, to make that happen, I, I think we can still be successful there. Hey, Kelly, final question uh, that I have for you. And you've got such an amazing resume and you've done so much in bowling. You're, you, you, know, you just came back again with a couple more golds. What, what keeps you going in the sport? I mean, so many people I think would have maybe reached the level of success you had 10 years ago and just felt like, wow, I've, I've accomplished and reached all my, my, my goals and all my dreams. What, what keeps you going? There are still things um, within our sport that I've yet to accomplish, um, and that motivates me. Also, uh, I love Liz Johnson, and she's one of the greatest competitors, and I just try to keep up with her. I'm trying to keep ahead of these these younger girls who are just so amazing due to the collegiate level they've come out of and um, the experience they have. I, I feel like I, I don't want to take credit. I just feel like I have a little sense of responsibility that I, I've made a great effort to, to help them achieve the tour and, and bring it back and, you know, paving a way for the younger girls just as the other generation did for myself. But there are still things I want to accomplish. Uh, now with the ladies tour back, I want to be PWA player of the year, uh, win some more majors. Uh, I've won three U S open titles. Liz has four. So my, my job is to try to catch her and get up to four. Um, I don't know if we'll ever catch, um, by who won seven, but, um, there are really a lot of things I want to accomplish, and especially since I won a men's title, I, I want to win. I want to beat them again. Not not because they're gentlemen or anything. It's just I want to be one of the best players ever recognized for our sport. And uh, there's really so many things I want to accomplish. And I'm just grateful for being with Storm and, and Rotor Grip, especially. They've they've really been so supportive of of myself and and what I want to do and what I want to achieve. So I am not done by any means. I listened to Liz's speech this past year when she was inducted in the USBC Hall of Fame, and she said she wasn't done at all being at the age of 41, and, and here she wins the Queen. She wins the U.S. Open. She's going to be uh, Player of the Year, I'm sure. So uh, there's so much I want to do, and, and I'm not done yet either. So keep looking out for me. Um, I'm, still, I'm still pressing. I'm still going to be out there and, and, uh, and hunting everything down. For more on Kelly, check out k2bowl.com on on, on a website, her website, and her Facebook, uh, her Twitter, rather, is at Kelly A. Kulik. So check her out there on Twitter as well. Kelly, I have just a final uh, thought, and I'd love for you to add your opinion as well and thoughts. As yesterday, the big news came out out of uh, Storm Headquarters, out of Brigham City, Utah, that our very own co-host here, Steve Klemkin, was named the Executive Director of Marketing. And, and Steve, I just have to say congrats on the, the new position. It's very well-deserved, and you've been very instrumental in everything going on at Storm and uh, and very much a part of what's going on there. So uh, congrats again. And, and Kelly, again, if you have anything to add to that, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about Steve before we started this conversation, and um, Steve has been in the, business, in the business and industry for so long. His smile lights up a room. His energy level is, is brought to work every day, and you can see that he truly loves his job, and he's very, very good at it. I am so excited for his uh, promotion. He will fill the shoes gratefully and do justice to it, and I just, he is... He's the all-American guy. He's so well-rounded and and so well-respected that I just I wish him nothing but the best. And I'm thankful he's in this position to bring some some good chips to the to the table and and really promote Storm and Rotor Grip as well. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate the you guys are too nice, too kind to me, and uh, thank you very much. I'm definitely looking forward to all the new opportunities in 2016. There's going to be a lot of great coming here from. From Storm Headquarters, and uh, thanks Kelly too for all your work for representing our company. And, and Tim, you put on an amazing podcast, and mm, just feels good to be a part of it. <laughs> well, Steve, you deserve it for sure. So again, just for what you do for Storm is just amazing, and I, I am grateful for all your help. You're uh, definitely reachable if you ever need it. You know the equipment inside out, and hey, you're a bowler too. So it, it truly is a bowler's company. <laughs> <laughs> 